0: Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. My name is Doug Winters and we are deep into the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. And what I've been trying to do is find the right tone to continue with this podcast um, and keep it wedding related, music related. I want to make it informative. I want to make it entertaining. I'm going to have a lot of music for you. We're working on getting our musicians all together on a big Zoom meeting, but believe it or not, there's something called latency, which means if there's a millisecond in between me playing the piano and one of my singers singing, it would never lock in. So (laughs) it sounds terrible, basically. So we're working on other options. I am very excited to bring you one of my favorite guests, and this is her second time on the podcast. And her name is Anna Costa from Michael and Anna Costa Photography. They do work around the globe, but they live in Santa Barbara, California, which is incredibly gorgeous. So from Anna's living room and my living room to your living room, here's me and Anna part two. Anna and I spoke the other day And decided to do this podcast because she's a wedding photographer and I'm a wedding band. And this is a Saturday and we're both home.
1: Right. And I did have a wedding that canceled for today. So, yeah.
0: I did too. In our conversation the other day, which was really so great. We were both walking and the sound was kind of funky. but we So we decided to do this right. Um, Right. And the three things that I really wanted to discuss with you were your use of the word pause which i loved your virtual retreat i actually took notes which is very rare for me (laughs) and um this one i thought was brilliant raising the level of wedding photography to be able to be shown in homes as well as actual photography galleries
1: right right i like the term pause because it reminds me of uh, in the movies like I said the other day, like the, uh, I think it was the X-Men movie in the very beginning, there's like this whole crowd of people and they're rushing through, I don't know what it was, an airport or something. There's a lot of people. And then by some ability of one of the X-Men, they pause it. So everyone freezes, right? Mm -hmm. But the actual X-Men are still walking in, you know, in the frame and talking and they're utilizing that time, this alter reality of time, right? So everyone else is paused, but they're still utilizing That time to to think and discuss and to figure things out, right? They're pausing time. And that's how I feel like this is for us as creatives. We're able to take this time to pause, reflect, refine, to get to the things that made us great to begin with. You know, we were talking before about how when we first started our businesses, you know, you, you spend all of your time, you know, trying to come to compete, but in like a creative way and think outside the box and network and do all this stuff, you know, that's different and, and exciting at the time. And by doing that, you gain your business. But then what happens is you get in the mode of running your business and you forget to be creative and you forget to stay up with what, what the heck's going actually going on in the world today. Cause you're just so busy with your business this pause is giving us that chance again. You know, if you stay current, right? Mm -hmm. If you're staying on top of things, then you understand the market and what brides today are really connecting with. And what brides today are really connecting with is actually an experience. With weddings, it's not just about booking all their vendors and checking it off the list and trusting their wedding planner. It's they're getting on Instagram. I've had brides tell me that they're not, they have any like, they didn't even go to websites. Or they didn't even Google. They just literally just went on Instagram. So we have to be understanding where our client is and being creative with them and interacting with them in a creative way that they get that, that we're speaking their language. Let's go back to the photographers. Let's say that we're running an operating business when... Um, you know, my parents were getting married in the 70s, right? right? So what they had at that time was brick and mortar because they couldn't look at photos online, right? Right. Um, someone had to actually walk into a shop and look through some albums. Um, they had the yellow pages, you oh, know? Yeah. And there was really only like a couple in town that really did this because you'd have to go to photo school. It, I mean, you did have to, but if you were going to be really good when you're shooting on film and you're understanding lighting, I mean, the process was much slower because if you wanted to take a picture and see it ahead, you'd have to bring a Polaroid. You know, you couldn't just, uh, you know, your camera. Yeah. So there's so many things that have happened between, you know, whatever the 1970s and we could go back even further for photography industry up until now in terms of technology, you know? Um, I mean, portrait mode on my iPhone 11 is like scarily looks pretty freaking good. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's just like, wow. But you know, there's different experiences people are having now, too, that are different. I mean, people didn't know their wedding photographer. They didn't necessarily expect to like or have a great rapport with them. They sort of expected them to show up and take a few canned photos that every single person got. And now brides are wanting to experience you. They, they're having an experience with you before they even call you, before they even book you, before they even start the process of the wedding with you. They're seeing your life and they're seeing you online and through social media and the website is still critically important. It really is. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that have just Instagram pages and that's their only, um, that's their only spot. However, we want to be a little wary of that because those platforms are controlling that space, not you. So it is still really important to have a great website. Yeah. So that as the platforms come and go, you still have that place to funnel everyone down to.
0: Um, and also you you can literally just tell people, that go to my website because like on my website, I have my entire playlist. I have pictures of a bunch of different weddings. I have seven minute live video of the band that you want to see, you know? So this, you have to, that's like a home base.
1: You want to give people a lot of content because if if they're interested, you want to give them more to
0: to chew on. Another one of your favorite words was authentic. Like people get to know the authentic you.
1: I think it used to be that we would want to create this persona that people bought into, that they were excited about. But that sort of phoniness is like, doesn't exist in the world today because of technology. People see you so much more clearly and they really want the authentic you. So if you're trying to be something that you're kind of not, uh, people can feel that. So you have to put forth an authentic message that is that resonates. During this pause, I feel like it's giving us time to reflect on these things. And as creative artists, wedding vendors are all artists really down to the core. And we have to feed that creativity. What happens if we do not feed our creativity, we start to get resentful of our business and we start to kind of like not like it. And it's not because of anything other than we're not growing as artists. So this pause is giving us that opportunity to start playing a little bit again and start trying things out. Even if you do something kind of on the side that you like, um, that's just for fun, Mm -hmm. your clients actually resonate with that. They actually see that if you post it to your stories or something that you love to do and they go, oh, that's so cool that you're doing that or that you have this little side passion. People really connect in with that. It doesn't really matter what it is. It just matters that you're passionate and you're authentic. People love that. They want to be around people like that. I'm looking to go into people's homes ahead, to to hang out with our clients ahead, to get a sense of who they are, to understand them more deeply. And then when we're, we're shooting this whole weekend for them, to really be able to manifest photos that are gonna end up on that wall eventually. And to be able to create these beautiful fine art pieces for them that are unique, that have relevance to them personally, In the wedding world, things kind of ebb and flow. For me, it always comes back to authenticity. So when you see an authentic shot of something that happened or something that was um, just as it was, but shot artfully, it will always have relevance, okay? So as an artist, we want to be able to blend those things together to create artwork for our clients specifically. But in addition, uh, we want to create art pieces that are relevant to the world, meaning that if we put them in galleries, people are going to see them and also want those photos for their home as well. Um, Because wedding photography specifically has been this like set apart art form Mm -hmm. and there's really no reason for it. Um, It's an art form that's an art form that if anyone in the world loves this photo or loves the authenticity or what was captured in this moment artfully, then it makes sense for them to have it in their home as well. So that's kind of the idea that I'm coming from is that this is really an art installation, not only for the couple that's commissioning us, but also potentially for others.
0: Right. When people are on the dance floor and they get the chance to lose themselves. Right. You know, know, what's that famous expression, dance like no one's watching? Yeah. You know, they don't care that their face is contorted because they're singing the words, but you just see the joy in their face or like, capturing somebody smiling at a toast that you know just like a moment that you caught because you're an artist and you caught that second
1: it's a gift it's not a gift i'm not saying it's a no 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 no. Uh, as an artist but i'm saying i tell this to my clients all the time because they start talking about different shots they're thinking of and blah 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 and i said let us be open to capturing the gifts as they come because there's going to be unique things at your wedding that I don't know are going to happen. No one knows it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And when it does, I need to be in the present moment, ready to capture that. So I work with my clients really extensively leading up to the wedding so that on the wedding day, we're not really worrying about much. We've got everything figured out, planned, like the logistical stuff that I don't want to talk to them about. Like, I don't want to talk to them about what family pictures do you want today? Like the timeline, I don't want to be, I don't want to do minutiae I want to mostly just like capture what's happening beautifully, and yes, there are times I will manipulate it. If the if the sun is like so perfect and it's like coming through these beautiful dappled leaves, I'm gonna I'm gonna have the I'll just go like, go walk over there, just walk into the light, walk into the light. You know, I will do that. <laughs> yeah. I will manipulate it that way, but I want them to be relaxed on their wedding day, and shocker, I want them to actually enjoy their wedding day. I feel like wedding photography shouldn't be this distraction like that you go in and out, like, oh, we got to get these pictures done, then we can go back to the party, blah, blah, blah. It should be this seamless progression so that every part of the day is part of the experience. It's part of the fun. You know, I just shot this couple down in uh, Venice Beach for their engagement session, and they were both like super nervous about the pictures. And she texted me, I don't know how how great the the groom's going to be and blah, blah, blah. And I got there and I just, all they needed to know was we're just having fun. Like yeah. that's all we're doing. Right. There's nothing painful about this. We're having fun. We're chatting. We're discussing. We're talking about what movies do you guys like lately? What do you guys like to do together? And then I tell them a little bit things that we do and we, we're laughing and we're walking and I'm getting them in spots. And when it's over, they then realize how fun that was. And that's how it should also be on the wedding day. The whole day should just be fun. It should just be an experience. If it's not fun, that's fine too, because that's authentic. Someone's driving you crazy, or (laughs) that's actually fine too, you know? But from the photography standpoint, it's not going to be a stick in the mud. We have to do this and then let's get back to the party. It's part of the fun experience.
0: Right. You know, it's, it's, I think that's why you and I get along so well, is because that's what I say to every bride. I'm very involved with each bride and each each groom and sometimes it's, it's usually one point person, as I call them, uh, right. uh, like either the mother or the bride or, the, or the, occasionally the groom. It's mostly right. the bride and it's, and I like to find out what kind of music they like, what they don't like, what, you know, if there's any specific things, but I wanna get everything correct. Like if they want me to introduce the, you know, as the band leader, I have to introduce the, the you know, the wedding party. So I wanna right. make sure, I mean, weeks ahead that I have the pronunciations of the names, right? If, yeah. if, oh my gosh, you know, that's
1: huge. Because there's by the nothing way,
0: worse than imi- you know
1: nothing worse than butch- but,
0: butchering <laughs> sorry, someone's name. I just butchered
1: the the, the word the butcher, but nothing yeah. worse than butchering people's names. And as a professional, it really should pretty much never happen. I mean,
0: yeah, you know, exactly
1: and and uh, but if you care about your craft then you do that. Right. If you, I've seen, you know, band leaders and DJs and whatever over the years trying to ask people on the day, the pronunciation. And it's like, are you kidding me? No, that's, that should be done. You should have it memorized and it, everything should be really seamless.
0: Oh, we were talking about um, how the music and the photography literally is hand in hand because I, the way I figured it is that the, best shots are of a crowded dance floor or people having a great time on the dance floor. And if you have a band or a DJ, that's not getting people on the dance floor. You're not going to get great shots.
1: No. And in fact, they're the opposite of great shots because it, it highlights how crappy the the party was. Ooh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause you're like trying to take pictures on the dance floor and there's only three people. It's pretty sad looking, but I have to say that when we're talking about gifts, you know, things just coming out of the woodwork or whatever, yeah. um, you know, I, I can think back on so many amazing, hilarious, just fun photos um and that really tell the story of the group you know because not every group is the same but they they all have their own little nuancy differences when they're dancing and they're partying and you know it's just fun to capture that you know capture this this group as a whole because they'll never come back together again exactly that same way ever ever again oh, that's it'll right. be a different energy no matter what and though you will never get 100% of all your wedding guests back together in the same room again in your life. And one or two people can change the, the essence of the dance party. You know, you get one or two real characters out there and they can change it. And then if they get off the dance floor, it might change to a different thing. So, no, it's uh, it's, its own thing. It, that day, that's it. It's over after that.
0: I never thought about that
1: yeah, it's beautiful. It's its own fleeting thing. yeah, it's like a wedding cake. The, the, you know, a wedding cake, people wonder, like, why would I spend so much money on this cake? We're just going to cut into it, and it, but that's the beauty of beauty of it. It was this fleeting thing. It was beautiful and it was delicious, and it's gone.
0: <laughs> that's the essence of my of my entire Sylvia Weinstock episode. Really? Yeah, like we were talking oh, about okay. her her initial statement was that cake is food. It's a work of art that's meant to be destroyed. Ironically.
1: I, but I love that though. I, I kind of love that because her work is so incredible. And I remember we we shot a wedding where the bride specifically set up her, the ballroom for the Sylvia Weinstock cake to be the centerpiece of it um, because it is really a work of art. I mean, this thing was like bigger than me, you know, and, um, and it was flown out to California. So it came with a cake person that assembled it and everything, you know, it was a whole ordeal to get it out here. It was the centerpiece of the ballroom. And
0: you got to listen to you got to listen to this episode fifty three. It's great because she talks about how she does it, how she flies it, and when she flies it. And that.
1: well, I mean, she really uh, obviously, is clearly the, knows what she's doing. But but that as a photographer, now we have these immortalized photos, right, of this cake in that ballroom. And in fact, the bride froze the top of that cake. Believe it or not. She froze the top of the cake, and a year later, we photographed her one-year anniversary of them cutting the top of the cake. Because, you know, people will save the cake. And so we actually have beautiful photos of the full cake and just the topper cake, uh, because we did this photo shoot their one-year anniversary. But uh, that cake, I mean, I just absolutely love that idea of transient beauty. You know, it's not going to be around, it's going to be ingested. I, I just love art in general. And I, that's why I love about weddings. It's the accumulation of so much art in so many forms with a wedding in the middle of it. I mean, you know, it's kind <laughs> that's of right.
0: crazy. Hey, you know it's what just, just occurred to me? Without you, that cake is gone. It's there and then it's, it's gone. A Without a great a photographer to have taken a shot well, of that. It
1: really is gone. I mean, it is gone. But that memory has been captured. The memory has been captured.
0: OK, so the third thing, the most important thing right now is your virtual retreat.
1: right. well we're in we're in this pause, right? So hearkening back to the first thing that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in this pause with the the coronavirus that's going on. And you know, there's been some unrest. Um.
0: <laughs> you described it so perfectly that I've never seen this X-Men movie that you're describing. But right. I've seen so many things like it that I can. Yeah. Pi- the way you described it, I can picture it. <laughs> you yes. made like a storyboard. Right. You know, you explained it so clearly. That, yeah. you know, we've all seen things where like where everything freezes and then the main characters keep walking through. Them.
1: They keep going forward. Yeah. And, you know, we could we could freak out at the fact that it's freezing. We could freak out about that. You know, um, the X-Men in the movie I'm referring to knew that it could be frozen and then and they're untrustful. adjusting. Right? Yeah. You could choose to just freak out during the pause because it's a little jarring, you know, to walk down. I'm here on State Street in Santa Barbara, which... Santa Barbara is a small town, but State Street is the bustling metropolis outside here. And there's nobody here. You know, normally I'm hearing school children outside this alleyway right outside of our window, and I'm hearing you know uh, sirens and people going by, and and there's always a lot of parades and even protests going on over here. And I'm hearing nothing. Silence. Right? Silence. So I could freak out about that, or I could think to myself, "Wow, this is a pause. This is this is actually a pretty amazing and incredible." opportunity that is most likely not gonna last and it's probably not gonna happen again for another 100 years, right? Yeah. So let's take advantage of this time and the retreat that I'm putting together, um, it's first starting, by the way, with a, a simple anxiety webinar that I'm gonna be hosting um, because I feel the need to just give some information to creative business owners, from my perspective as a creative business owner, on how to deal with anxiety. So there's five steps I'm going to be reviewing. And this comes from my own personal experience of going through really debilitating anxiety three years ago Mm -hmm. and realizing that I was not operating from a healthy place as a business owner and as a creative. And I had to really go through a very long process to dig myself out of that. Um, And last time we talked, we kind of talked about, you know, the the metaphor of the glacier where there's the very tip of the iceberg, but there's that whole mountain underneath the water. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, the tip of the iceberg that could be right now this virus, but there could be for a lot of people a lot under the water that has they've been managing, but it's not healthy. And perhaps maybe this situation, this unrest might have been the you know the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanna be helpful to anyone that needs it, uh, a large group or a small group, I don't really care, but to give these tools, cause it really did, dug me out of a really difficult time. And I know that they work. And the reason I know that they work is because I don't really have much anxiety surrounding this virus. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm so actually happy to even say that because I mean, the smallest things three years ago was causing me to go into like panic attacks and just like a horrible dark place. Right. And I'm not there anymore. And I'm so I'm very grateful for that, but I also want to use that to help people that might be going through that. So that's number one, but number two would be segueing that, that webinar of just focusing on anxiety. Um, but uh, allowing people to also sign up for a virtual retreat where we, we really rebuild ourselves from the bottom up. So we create a foundation and then we build from there um, a healthy way as creatives to be able to be operating right now during this pause. So it'll just be for, it'll be mostly four part, which is uh, to, to allow ourselves to discuss anxiety, discuss fear, discuss worry, and be able to get out of that place. Okay. Or at least have the tools to be continuing to try to get out of that place. The second part is for us to be utilizing this time during the pause, to think of the creative things that we have been putting on pause, ironically, when things were busy, right? We're going to unpause that side of us and we're going to be exploring our creativity, exploring things that interest us. And then the third part would be us taking that new passion and excitement and pivoting that into something that we can do right now in the, in, the situation that we're in it might not be necessarily a moneymaker right now but it will keep us in the game right now it'll keep us in front of the people that we want to be in front of and it will give value to people through our creativity and then the fourth part of this retreat is meant to be a very practical calendaring goal setting because we all have done these retreats. We've all gone to like, you know, whatever uh, conferences and we get all hyped up and we come home and we just click back into the same thing. So we're gonna actually calendar uh, when we're gonna do this stuff, when we're gonna carve out time to do this stuff. And I think it'll be a great way for people to reset from what we've been going through. Cause I think a lot of people have had anxiety and they just do not know how to deal with it. They don't know what it is. They don't have the tools and it, it'll give us a lot of positivity to go through this process. But when you get into fear, Mm -hmm. your mind closes off to opportunity. So that's why it's actually important to express your fear so you can release it, but not in a negative way. So you can do a free, write. You can sit down and you can be okay, well, why am I feeling fearful? Why am I feeling anxiety? And you keep writing, 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 writing. You'll get to a nugget of what it really is eventually, which will be freeing. But then from there it's actually really important to have very good positive mindset hygiene. And I call it hygiene because it really is like that. If you brush your teeth every day, you will have good dental hygiene, right? Mm -hmm. Positive mindset is the same way. If you don't have the positive hygiene in your mindset, your mindset will decay, right? So if you go to a negative place, you're only gonna see the negative side. If you go to a positive place, your mind starts opening to opportunity. It's just like when I had my daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And I suddenly had to make decisions on purchasing a stroller. Now, do you think I ever noticed strollers before that or brands of strollers, specific types of strollers, double strollers, inline strollers, (laughs) jogging strollers? Like I never noticed it. My brain didn't recognize it because our brain only brings to the forefront what's important, right? Right. right? So immediately... Now I'm needed to purchase a stroller and I only want to buy one stroller no matter how many kids I have. Right. So this is my goal. Cause I don't want to buy like 10 strollers. Right. I just want to buy one. <laughs> Suddenly Michael and I become like these stroller connoisseurs. And what do I see when I go outside? All I see is strollers. I constantly see strollers. I know all the brands. I know everything about strollers because that's where my mind was opening up to. Right, so right, right, right. if you're in a negative place, guess what? You're going to always see ne- always negativity. See negativity. Yeah. If you're in a positive place, you're gonna see the opportunity. And what's cool about the time we're in right now right. is that if you can do that quicker, you're gonna actually see what opportunities actually are presenting themselves to us, like in this whole new playing field, because it, there's opportunities, but we're just, you're either choosing to see them or not.
0: And you know what? It's so cyclical because I was able to turn him around because I was able to say, hey, listen, you take the worst case scenarios, take World War II, right after World <laughs> War II, I mean, that's when the suburbs were built in New York. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's when the Dodgers Modern and the Asia Giants happened. moved out to um, <laughs> to Los Angeles and San Francisco. Yeah,
1: well, there you go. Exactly. And, and Long
0: Island was was born and there was a baby boom. That's what, baby, that's what the baby boomers are, people who were born There's in 46, 48, that, 50, you know.
1: Well, a lot of innovation came through the war. Yeah. You know, because we were having to move technology forward so quickly. Right. And then that filtered in after the war. Right. And that's what's happening right now. We're all figuring out things that we could have been doing, but we didn't have an absolute need to do. And so things are being born right in this moment of time. This is a critical part of a transition in history. Yeah. Um, And we can look for those opportunities in a positive way, or we cannot. And it really is our choice. I mean, most people are going to be fine, but they have to get out of that fight or flight mentality. You know, that fight or flight, like it doesn't really exist because in our modern world, you know, chances are one way or another, you're going to be fine. But that fight or flight where you think that there's a tiger in the room about to kill you, that's still very real in our our primitive brains, actually. As
0: we were talking about anxiety.
1: Right. And so we have to learn to override that manually. And it's a manual thing and you are in control of it.
0: Medicine can help.
1: If you have a clinical problem with anxiety or depression, absolutely. I'm talking more about situational. I'm talking about if you have more than you did before because of the situation, Uh, that's, that's how I'm going to help you with that. And also meditation. I mean, I really utilize the app Headspace, which has three minute meditations, five minute meditations and it's free. There is a, a paid version, but they offer actually a lot for free that are very useful. And I'm going to go into more of this in my anxiety webinar that I'm going to do. But if you have anxiety Mm -hmm. and you feel like it's situational, you feel a little out of control because of what's going on in the world, there are things that will absolutely help it. I mean, there are tools. And so I just want to give people hope that are feeling that way, that there are tools because I was in a very dark place. I mean, I was having days where I'd wake up and immediately go uh, throw up Like, it, you know, right when I woke up, that's how bad my anxiety was at the time. Yeah. And uh, it was really bad. So I, you know, a lot of people that are listening to this probably just have mild situational anxiety over what's going on. But I'm also speaking to the people that, again, this might have been a straw that broke the camel's back because you wouldn't go into a deep, dark anxiety if there wasn't also a lack of self-care that had been building up. So it, it will work for both people. Right all in a different phase. Like, you know, we, we have friends and stuff that are like on this other level of health and fitness. And, you know, like they're constantly up in mountains, jogging and this, you know, crazy stuff that I'm not doing. And I look at that and I go, Oh wow. One of those. Right. But it's like, you know, we, little by little in life, we kind of figure stuff out. And so we just have to like go with where we're at and what works for us and, and keep growing.
0: Anna, you're incredible how's the best way for people to follow what you're doing with the retreat and everything Uh,
1: our Instagram which is at Michael and Anna Costa and uh, from there I'm going to be giving a lot of updates on uh, the retreat and the anxiety webinar Um, also you can follow us on Facebook it's also facebook.com slash Michael and and you know our website is michaelandannacosta.com so you know shoot me an email message me on Instagram whatever I'd love to say hello
0: I love you. Thank you so much.
1: Love you too. Thank you. Right, bye We'll see
0: you later. Okay, so we're officially back. Please stay safe. Wear a mask. Stay home. Do all the right things. Wash constantly. And pretty soon, this will all be over. I promise. Follow me on Instagram at Doug Winters Inc. Or on Twitter at Wed Wisdom Pod. Short for Wedding Wisdom Podcast. Get it? And I will talk to you very soon bye bye now